you are listening to The Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration, passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations, and let's together make the remarkable happen. Welcome to the latest episode of Unleashing Brilliance. Uh, My name is Janine Garner and I am the host of this podcast and it is an absolute pleasure to welcome onto our show today the fabulous Linda McGregor. Linda is the founder and owner of a company called Four-Legged Sages. Um, We'll find out a little bit more about that shortly. I'm not going to give that away up front. But what's fascinating about Linda is she spent her career working on all sides, marketing, advertising, strategy, and business development. She has 30-plus years of experience working client and agency side in the UK, Asia, and Australia, and in 2003, she founded an insight consultancy called All About Eve. Linda has wide expertise of leading teams and businesses in a variety of setups, markets, and categories. Her twin passions in life, her work, well, first of all, it's her work delivering aha insights about people. And the second thing is her longtime hobby around horses. And this is what inspired her teamwork and leadership training offshoot for Legged Sages. Here she blends social and neuroscience insight with her own leadership and team building experiences and unique wisdom from Horse Herd Dynamics and Horse Whispering. So we're going to find out some really awesome stuff today. Welcome to the show, Linda. It's great to have you here. It's fantastic to be here, Janine. <laughs> I love that intro. I'm trying not to give away what Four-Legged Sages is, and then I think I pretty much did it in the second bit, but it's wonderful to have you here. Now, before we get on to learning uh, all about what we as individuals can learn from your best friends, um, can you remember, let's go way, way back, can you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up and why? <laughs> oh, God. Start with the embarrassing question, uh, why don't you? Um, um, I don't know if all your listeners will even understand who this is, but um, there's a character from gaming and from a fantasy movie called Lara Croft um, (laughs) from the film Tomb Raider. Um, And she's a British badass female. Um, And I think what I really loved about her um, was she could handle any adventure, any situation, any person, especially arrogant men. She could beat up the bad guys and she could save the world. Pretty simple stuff, really. Um, And that's what you wanted to be. (laughs) So as a young girl, that's pretty much what I wanted to do. You know, beat up the bad guys, save the world. That was it. That's fabulous. So so what moved you from being Laura Croft, isn't it? Croft and channeling her to what it is that you're doing now. Can you see a connection between the two? Well, I think in my own way, with the help of my gorgeous horses, I think I'm doing my own little bit to save the world Um, and, you know, let people have their own journeys and their own adventures. So, yeah, and I get to work with horses, which was one of Lara Croft's big passions. So there you go. Excellent. Well, we'll come on to the horses in a second. Before before we get there, is there any particular uh, moment that you can remember going going back 
any watershed moments um, that led you to to doing what you're doing there, Linda? Um, yep, definitely, without doubt. Um, probably the biggest one was um, I bought a horse, Ziggy, who you actually met when you were with me, Janine, mm-hmm. um, and I found out after only three months that I couldn't ride him because he actually had extensive problems with his hind legs. Um, and I had to put him through pretty major surgery and then had 18 months when I couldn't ride him. Now, instead of that being a disaster, it catapulted my learning and my understanding, not just of him, but of horses and led me to a sea change. So I moved out of the city um, and I went and bought myself a horse property. I stopped riding horses. I instead looked after horses and really started, while still doing my day job in consulting, um, I spent 24 hours a day having access to observing horses and realizing that I wanted to build a business that really introduced people to and tapped the wisdom that horses and horse whisperers have. So let's let's go there because this this podcast uh, is all about how uh, my guests have unleashed um, their own brilliance so that we can all learn something from that and equally uh, tips and tools and insight um, into how we we have seen others unleashing brilliance and I'm thinking well having experienced I was lucky enough this year actually 2019 to experience uh, learning from your incredible leaders which are these horses and it was a quite a, a, a life-changing experience and uh, an incredible exercise in self-awareness can you share for our listeners just exactly what it is that the horses are able to teach us if we um, create an environment that allows them to. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, look, I guess the first thing to say is there's lots of parallels between um, horses living in herds and us as humans living in team, living in families and working in teams. So, you know, we're not that different in, in some ways start, you know, from that point of view. Also, we have a dynamic, both horses and and humans, where we actually look to have leaders in our lives, whether they're personal lives or whether it's our working lives. Um, And then last but not least, horses are incredibly sensitive sensitive creatures because they're prey animals. They have to be able to run away from predators. And that, that makes them really interesting to people like me because they have incredibly high emotional intelligence because of this sensitivity. Um, We tap that by then having people work with our horses, not ride them, but work with them on the ground. And I like to explain it as the horses provide a living mirror to the people that actually interact with them and basically give them instant, honest feedback about how they're acting, that is the humans, and how they're behaving and how that actually impacts the people, and in this case, the horse around them. Um, So it's a unique feedback mechanism that interestingly, people seem much more open to than actually getting feedback on themselves from other human beings. So what sort of things can 
uh, people learn about themselves? Mm. Uh, what sort of have you got an example of, of something or a, of, of a shift forward for somebody um, having gone through this experience? How long do you have is the, is the answer to that question. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favourites is, well, there's two favourites I'll go for if I may. Um, the first one is quite a lot of people turn up and they're anxious. Um, so they're either fearful of horses in the first place or they're anxious about what the horses are actually going to say about them as we nearly all are as, as human beings. We're always wary of feedback. And watching people move from fear or anxiety to then open-mindedness, open-mindedness, I can't say that word, open-mindedness, there you go, and joy mm. at what they're actually getting and how they're communicating with the horses to the last, last and final point, is the way that people then suddenly have personal aha moments. Uh, so that's a big one. Mm. But an example for you, as you asked, um, I talk a lot, and, and you'll remember this, about congruence or rather incongruence um, that we do as human beings. So what, what we talk, our verbal language, a lot of the time doesn't match our walk, what we actually do, how we behave, how we act. Um, and most human beings will let you away with that. They won't say anything, but they'll kind of go, you know what, I'm not so, so sure about Janine or I'm not so sure about Linda. Horses don't do that. Horses will tell you loudly and clearly, Oi, what you're trying to say to me here and the way you're acting over there don't match. You're hiding things from me. You're not being honest with either me or yourself. And so they force us to become self-aware as human beings and as leaders, which I find really exciting for our participants. And as a result, we actually see people change from mismatching and missed messaging to actually being totally congruent, sending the same messages in terms of their intent and their talking to the intent that they actually have and the actions that they actually take when they're actually working with um, our, horse, our horses in a round yard because the horses are free to react however they want. Um, and so they very quickly tell you if you're not being honest with yourself or with them. And why is, why is this important when it comes to individuals at work, do you think, Linda, that, uh, it, that we become more aware of where we are congruent yep. and incongruent? Um, look, there's a number of things, but I think, especially for leaders, um, you know, I think too many of us have, have become leaders because we got promoted and someone gave us the title. Um, what we don't think about very often mm is actually, would people choose to have us as their leader? And conversely, have we actually earned the right? And do we earn the right every single day to actually be someone's leader or be someone's boss? Um, so I think the feedback that the horses mm. give people allow them to take those aha moments because they're so big when you're there with a you know, half ton, three quarter ton animal saying, no, I don't actually think you believe in yourself um, or I don't think you're actually asking in a very nice way. Um, you take that back into the workplace mm -hmm. and apply that to human beings, to your staff, to your team, 
And all of a sudden, you have a lightness of touch and also a connectedness to yourself and what you're doing that you can see things that you never saw before. So have the horses taught you anything about yourself? <laughs> Again, <laughs> long, long list. Um, probably my biggest one, as you can tell from me nattering on here, is I, I'm very happy chatting. Um, and what I've learned is that um, I'm not very good at listening. And I'm certainly not very good at active listening. Um, if you don't listen actively and watch actively with a horse, you are not going to build a relationship and you're not going to build a partnership. And they won't allow you to be your uh, be their leader because you haven't heard them first. And how does that, what, what examples have you experienced going back to your corporate life or when you were at work, looking back now, where that didn't work for you? Uh, look, I, I think the classic one is... You know, I spent a lot of time in, in various industries, but probably the toughest one was advertising. Lots of different people, different personalities and very stressful environments because of deadlines and the need for great creativity every day. Um, and a lot of the time you thought people were with you and, and, and people would go, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, great. You're doing a great job here, Linda. Go, Linda. And then it would hit the fan. You know, the client would hate what you pitched to them or a deadline would get moved up and all of a sudden a team would fall mm. apart or people would challenge you as a leader and you'd, you'd kind of go, hang on, I, I thought these people were with me. I thought I had their loyalty. I thought, here's the key word, I thought I had their trust. I thought I'd built and earned their trust um, and the right to to be this team leader or this this leader of the of the company, and now I'm hearing from your actions that I actually haven't done that. Um, so for me, that was something that I very much learned the hard way, both than mm. once in corporate life. Um, that really was one of the things that that drove me to to believe there was something very powerful here in terms of helping horses let people see themselves for who they truly were and how they truly behave. And from your perspective, having, you know, worked corporately, how many years were you working in advertising and strategy, etc.? It's quite a few years, isn't it? Oh, well, if you if you add it all up, before I started my insight consultancy, um, I that would have been about 13, mm. 14 years that I would have done that across the UK um, eight, all various places in Asia and then Australia. And then I had oh, 16, 17 years um, up until now running the Insight Consultancy. So that's my combined, combined 30 plus years. Yeah. So, so having operated, existed, worked in that environment and now the insight that you have with the work that you're doing now, um, what for you know re, anybody listening in is is obviously picking up on this this congruence piece. If you could sort of summarize it, what are the key opportunities available for individuals if they can uh, gain this this self awareness? Uh, what are the opportunities that you can see that exist for people to actually get curious about this space? 
Look, I, I think the thing that will drive most, pe most people into the space of um, self wanting to get greater self-awareness is the, when it all hits the fan, people aren't with you, whether they're team members or whether you're their team leader. Um, and, you know, if you're strong enough and if you're brave enough, you will turn and look at yourself first to see why that's actually the case. Um, because I actually had a very interesting boss that said to me once early on in my career, if things don't work well with other people, it's always your fault. And I remember saying to him, how can it always be my fault? You know, if someone's had a crappy day at home before they come to work, how's that my fault? Um, and he said to me, well, actually, it's your fault because you should have picked that up whenever they walked in the room. Um, and if you don't, then you're not understanding your audience and you're not understanding your, how to then react to that audience. You might decide now's the time not to go ahead with that meeting or with the question that you were about to ask someone or the feedback you were going to give someone. So I think there's huge opportunities for people to become much more self-aware um, of themselves, but also much more aware of their audience, their staff. That's that's your audience, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and the horses, I think, are very useful in this um, space, because if you did this with human beings and you tried to watch and monitor it, we all as human beings would change how we acted because we knew we were being watched. Equally, it would be much more subtle and you would have to take a lot longer to actually look at the scenario. In a situation with horses, as you experienced yourself, Janine, within 20, 25 minutes, you, even as someone who doesn't know horses, can take a horse from distant and distrustful to choosing to come into the middle of a round yard and tap you on the shoulder and quietly say to you, I choose to be with you. You've earned the right to be my leader because you understand yourself, you understand me, and therefore you've built my trust in you. And and I get goosebumps when I kind of talk about that last bit. Uh, I mean, it was pretty powerful to experiencing it. I wasn't lucky enough to be in the round yard, but watching from the outside, one of my colleagues, I've actually just written this uh, story for the, within the next book, but witnessing one of my colleagues almost trying to uh, be the leader in that round yard, but quite obviously their gestures, their external behaviours weren't reflective of what was actually going on inside and the horse challenging it to then over that 20 minutes, their building of the trust between them and to witness firsthand the horse going, yeah, I get you now, I'm going to follow you, I trust you, was was phenomenal. It's It really is an incredible uh, thing to experience for, for anyone that's interested. Now, who's been who's been your biggest influence? Oh, that's <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, look, lots of people. Um, clearly, because of the business that I'm now in, um, working with horses, um, you can't be in this business without spending time around and and kind of um, meeting or or kind of spending time with some of the greats um, in this business. Um, one of them internationally is Monty Roberts, who um, a lot of people know as one of the original horse whisperers who worked with the Queen of England um, and all of her mm -hmm. problem horses. Um, and um, 
basically wrote a book initially called The Man Who Talks to Horses. Um, so he yeah. was very influential on me. Um, and also his local counterpart here in Australia, a man called a very quiet private man who I will simply refer to as Rob because he is so private. Um, I've spent a lot of time and had a lot of coaching with him. Um, and these guys are real horse whisperers. Um, so they've been highly... What's the difference between you and real? <laughs> um, probably age. Um, I'm on my right. <laughs> I, I'm on my journey. They are both 70, 70 plus. Um, right. So yeah, look, I'm getting there, and a lot of people would say I am there, but when you put me next to them, I still have a lot to learn. <laughs> so talking about that learning piece for a second, how uh, we often talk about how we can learn through failures. Do you have a classic favorite failure that you learned from? <laughs> Um, yeah, look, I do. And I may have already talked about this. My classic favorite, favorite failure was buying my current horse, Siggy, um, <laughs> because I bought him thinking he was what's known as a sound horse. So a healthy horse that could do everything. Um, and he was anything but. Um, and as a result, um, just so I don't kind of reiterate the same thing, I had to embrace problems that I didn't want to know about. Um, I had to learn new skills to rehab him and it put me on a path to much deeper learning about this whole horse human relationship instead of what most people experience with horses, which is a master slave dominance relationship. Um, and obviously that failure buying what potentially a lot of people would call the wrong horse actually was probably the bloody most right horse that I could ever have bought because if it wasn't for him I would never have ended up on the journey I'm on now and setting up four-legged sages because he was really the seed from which everything grew. That's incredible. So I love the work you're doing Linda. What's what's next? What is the big vision for the work that you do and, and why why does it really matter? Um. Big vision. Big vision is to do more of it and obviously impact more people. Um, the problem, I guess, I would say right now is it's a pretty small industry. It's known well in Europe and in the States, but not here in Australia. Um, so, you know, I feel like I'm constantly out there trying to raise awareness, gain credibility so that corporates in particular, who are my main audience, are actually understanding this is available as an option and actually that it's not just, you know, fun, fuzzy time with horses, but there's genuine benefits that they can't get from other training methods. Um, so that's my big vision is to do more of the same, um, really carry on to catching um, the attention of as many leaders, as many senior C-suiters as possible and helping them be better leaders up-and-coming leaders, catch them early, um, get them across emotional intelligence, interpersonal soft skills, um, and really get them to understand concepts like clear communication, active listening, empathy, resilience, you know, all those amazing things that, you know, anyone that teaches emotional intelligence will tell you, but horses will just innately teach you in a morning. 
Um, so, you know, that's my big vision to get to more people to have more impact. That's the leadership part. From a teamwork point of view, I'd love to just see teams work better together, more effectively, and to have more respect for each other and each other's roles. Because when we work um, in the arena and we have people work in teams with our horses, where you have normally three people and a horse in a team, you get some quite amazing things happen happening where people suddenly realize the impact that they're having on each other in a team that they just don't have normally in the workplace. So look, it's all about helping people understand themselves and those around them better um, so that we have workplaces that people love to go to and are at the same time far more successful in. Mm. So as part of sort of summing this podcast up, which, you know, mm. is all around unleashing brilliance, what what are the, you know, I'm imagining there's some, some of our listeners now going, yeah, I get it, I love it, but I still, you know, want to know more. What, what do you think are the three key things that you can share from your years of, of experience working corporately and now with the horses that to you are a critical part of unleashing um, the brilliance. I'm going to try and do it for you in two, but knowing me, it might turn into three. Um, so I, I love, yeah, you know, because cool. I've worked with words a lot, I love to split words out. So unleashing brilliance. I'm going to do it back to front. Um, brilliance. For me, brilliance is about people digging deep. Um, and that's hard for some people, but digging deep to realize their real inner self and their potential. You know, I get really excited about people ex understanding what their potential can be. And then I think that comes when people actually start to become more self-aware. They get clarity, congruence that we talked about earlier comes to them. And then all of a sudden, as a result, that brilliance comes out in the ability to connect and communicate their intent um, their potential to the outside world and to the people that are in it so to me that's step one which is brilliance unleashing well to a lara croft girl unleashing is a really exciting world word um that to me is when <laughs> when people get inspired to believe enough in themselves that then they're brave enough and have enough self-belief that they can communicate that and that what they're offering is to the outside world. Um, and they do that through making sure that what they talk and what they walk actually matches. Um, and that's what I think we teach when people come and spend time with us up here at Four-Legged Four Sages. Linda, it's been an absolute joy to talk with you and chat with you about Unleashing Brilliance and about how these amazing horses have taught you and as a result so many others uh, lessons in leadership. I love the conversation we had about congruence versus incongruence and how you know sometimes what we talk about doesn't necessarily match what we're walking about or our behaviors um, that concept around would people choose you to be their leader you know have you earned the right i think is a really fascinating one 
that we should all actually percolate on. Because as you said, often we are given leadership positions or uh, promoted on the back of our skills and our results to date. But this, this practice of leadership, this, uh, this, this opportunity that exists to actually be in a place where people actually choose you to be a leader um, cannot be taken lightly and equally requires, requires work. And your example of the power of active listening I think in this world where we are uh, busier than ever before, um, and even if we we're trying not to be, everything around us is moving quicker than ever before. The opportunity that we all have at our disposal to, to slow down, to get present, uh, to really notice what is going on so that we can actually make the right decisions or have the right conversation moving forward. Is, is key. So my last couple of questions. If you went back to those two uh, influential oh, horse whisperers that were um, part of your life, thank you so much life, um, what would you like for to say everything to them? you taught me. Um, for the fact that you realise I saw my relationship both with horses and then actually with people back to front. Um, I think a lot of the time there was a lot of entitlement that I thought I had. I'd earned the right to be a leader, but I actually hadn't. Um, I'd simply been given the title. Um, or, you know, I, you know, I'd worked so many years in advertising and I had lots, lots of expertise. Um, these guys realized I saw the world up, upside down, back to front, however you look at it. Um, so thank you for opening my eyes. Um, and thank you for getting me past some of the fears I had. Um, because it's not always easy working with horses or with people. Um, and horse whisperers in particular are actually great people because they're just fantastic mm. at observing and giving great wisdom. Mm. Yeah, Linda, we often get asked what we want to be when we grow up or, or what's next. I actually asked that question myself. Um, my question to close off is what do you want to be remembered for? Ooh, um, what do I want to be remembered for? Um, look, I guess I'd like to be thought of um, as the go-to person for inspiring leadership and teamwork in experience. Um, and remembered for? I, I guess I'd like to be remembered for pioneering new thinking, both with my old company, which was all about understanding and marketing to women, and with this company, which is all about understanding yourself um, through the help of our horse partners. Linda, it's been an absolute joy to chat with you today. Thank you for being on this podcast, Unleashing Brilliance. I have no doubt that people will want to reach out. Where's the best place that they can find you? Um, they can either, if they're in Australia um, or even internationally, they can call me on 0403. 573-379 or simply go to my website which is www.fourleggedsages.com.au Thank you so much Linda and um, say hi to Ziggy for me and a big thank you for what he has unleashed in you and as a result what you are sharing with the world it's been an absolute joy having you on this podcast 
have a great rest of the week. Thank you so much. And, and thank you, Janine. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for the opportunity to allow me to share this passion with people and, and give them the chance to maybe experience it for themselves. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Janine Garner Show. To follow her blog, purchase her books, or find out more, visit her website, janinegarner.com.au. Brilliant people, extraordinary results.